0: You're listening to the Packer Net Podcast Network. The
1: power Sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in
0: our offense. Come and tackle, you take the defensive enemies over the attack. You drive down the first man who's inside.
1: Pull back and tell him, take the first man outside the offense. No one shows, go right by him and feel the
2: Y-N has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. So look at this play where we'll we're trying to get a seal
1: here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.
3: What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined tonight alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim live in Green Bay who was boots on ground at practice today. And it's kind of a kind of a sad time, man. We've got one more open practice, right, Tim? Just one more to go to. Are you going to try to make it to that one as well, buddy?
0: I will be there. I will be there tomorrow at 1115 I, I believe Nagler was the first one I saw with that. Thank, thank God. so I'm not super early again. I had a couple, <laughs> couple of practices. I was extra early for this camp. So, but yeah, I'll be there tomorrow guys.
3: Definitely. Definitely. Good stuff, man. Well, we'll get your takeaways here in a second. Um, yeah. And, uh, and kind of see what you thought about camp today. And uh, I was reading some of Andy Herman's updates, Jacob and, we got a lot to cover, really. And the way I'd like to do this, if we can, is be somewhat organized. I know we're going to get off the beaten path like we always do because this show sucks and that's just how we roll. But right. <laughs> what I'd like to do is hit on the offense first, then hit on the defense, and then maybe a little bit of special teams, and, uh, and then kind of wrap it up with the chat and anybody who might want to call in, that type of thing. Does that sound good to you guys?
2: Yeah, we can try that
3: let <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly correct <laughs> let's do this let's kind of kick it off first um before i get your takeaways tim I'm, i want to share the screen and show everybody um your uh the the uh videos you sent me earlier and i thought oh, this cool. was really cool so let's go ahead and share the screen real quick jacob didn't even know what we're doing here which is really cool so let's check it out so as we get in here these are some of the videos that Tim sent from practice. I'm trying to think all these were from today, I believe. Where did they start, right? Well, there's Thursday right there. So, right here, right, Jacob
0: yeah. or uh, Tim? Yeah, this looks right. Yep, sure does. All right,
3: cool. Just kind of narrate us through here, man. What do we got here? The D-line working, is that right?
0: The D-line working with Coach Montgomery. Um, He's giving these guys direction. What, what he's doing is forcing them to start in this bad position and then get them – rip and get out of it. And he's, you know, literally – I don't know if I got it in this clip. It might have been. It might have been what prompted me to start recording. But Jerry Montgomery was getting in there and hitting these guys
1: <laughs> himself.
0: <laughs> and you know, these guys are in full—well, not full pads—they're just shoulder pads and helmets. But I mean, these guys are padded up, going full speed, and he was in there, right in the in the thick of it, working with them. So it was good, just like hand placement technique, getting off your blocks. Yeah. Um, and then here I caught a little clip that was, uh, Kenneth Otomegwu, uh, staying by himself today after practice. Um, I think AJ Dillon's in the background getting interviewed by a 12 year old or something, but, uh, <laughs> K- Kenneth Otomegwu and actually right before Jacob will love this right before I got this shot. Um, uh, Brenton Cox was over doing the exact same thing. I just, I just didn't get him on video. Um, so those two stayed late today, uh, after practice to, uh, do a little extra work.
3: Good stuff. That's that's the inside information we're wanting right there. Who's who's staying over? Who's working late? What we got here, Tim? Linebacker
0: group. Yep. Yeah, this uh, little pass pass defense drills. Um, what I liked about this, watching <laughs> this, uh, I I didn't get it on video, but right before again, right before I shot this, Quay Walker um, dropped one, and immediately unprovoked by a coach, without guidance or anything, just immediately dropped down and did 10 knuckle push-ups, And then, and then what was funny is like two reps later, McDuffie bobbled one and then he did the same thing. And this is all, there's like no staff around. These guys are, these guys are literally doing this on their own, uh, which was really cool. So they were working on some hands drills there. Uh, and this last one, I don't know if this is a, Oh, this was a get off drill. Okay. So Montgomery here is basically trying to get them to jump off and he's drilling into their heads. Put your earplugs in, watch the ball. That's what he kept repeating to these guys. Put your earplugs in, watch the ball. You know, trying to get them to go full speed, you know, not be falling for hard counts, that kind of thing.
3: I like it, dude. That's that's really really intelligent drill there, man, to do it that way. You know, just focus on the ball. Focus on yep. the ball. I love that they use a green ball too, because it kind of, you know what I mean? It's it's not as flashy. Yep. Not necessarily blend in with the grass, but at the same time, you know, it, it does. It's not like they use a the red ball where it's easier to see. You kind of train that eye to, to be a little more, you know, attention laced. What we've got here, man.
0: Here's a good shot. This is what I was talking about. So you can see, <laughs> you can see Coach Montgomery getting right in here, uh, fully hands on. That's Slayton. I couldn't see, I couldn't see there for a second who he was working with. Um, Yeah, 98. And, uh, I like seeing this, especially with our D-line group. You've got to have coaches that will get in there and get hands on and not just stand around and scream at guys. Um, and I, I tell you, I like watching Coach Montgomery work. So was, I kind of camped out by the defense today. And uh, this was just some 30 to 40-second clips that I could get. You know, and this, these kind of things, this is, you know, nobody should be upset about seeing guys doing little technique drills or anything. We're not giving away the playbook here.
3: exactly exactly i thought that was awesome man and i really do appreciate you uh taking the time to share those just to just to kind of make people feel you know a little more in-house right like they were there at practice i think that's always a good thing for sure um all right let's do this man let's kind of uh let's jump into practice and kind of talk about what was reported today, Jacob, um, on offense? Uh, you know, I don't want to steal all the thunder. Why don't you kind of kick it off if you want to and talk about, you know, some of the offensive notes. And then if I've got something wrote down that you miss, I'll kind of chime in with it when we when we wrap up. Does that sound good?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you want to just talk about, um, like, a more general of what they did, or are you talking, like, who highlighted, or who is that kind of stuff, or what are you thinking?
3: Yeah, that's that's cool, just to kind of – just kind of highlight. We'll kick it off with the news of the day, and, and it's it's not good news. Like like Eric Sutherland was saying in the in the chat, you know, good luck to uh, to Jake Hansen. Obviously, the Packers waived uh, offensive lineman Jake Hansen today. <clears throat> I believe he was a 6 round pick, if I remember correctly, and he suffered a shin injury in the Patriots game, if I understood correctly, and they decided to go ahead and waive him. So it kind of now now the uh, the center room becomes uh, becomes a little less cloudy, right, as far as a backup goes. Um, I know there were some people that were still kind of hanging on the thought of Jake Hansen would be the backup center. Obviously, that's not the case now. Um, So that was kind of the news of the day that along with it's not offensive, uh, not offensive talk. But I'll go ahead and mention it because it was kind of the topic of the day that uh, Rashawn Gary returned to 11 on 11 drills. today. Yeah, like week one's a real thing. But let's stay on offense. I apologize for even mentioning it. It's just why did you do
2: that? man? I know. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to first start off with the the starting, you know, group right here. Uh, This is per Andy Herman. So Andy Herman, shout out there. Love, obviously, Jones Walker Walker again, which at left tackle that to me, another is a screaming siren getting this late into, um, you know, preseason that they have a lot of trust in this guy. And we can talk about that move of releasing Jake Hansen. Does that mean that they meet to me? That shows and tell me if I'm wrong in the chat, wherever. To me, that shows that either they're very confident in Myers' ability or at the least that they are they have a Elton Jenkins as their go-to backup, which meaning that maybe they don't even have to keep eight or maybe they don't have to keep nine. They could possibly keep eight, freeing up one of these other positions that people are so st- – the wide receiver, running back three, safety five, uh, go on and on and on. Bretton Cox. I'm going to figure out a way to get Bretton Cox Jr. on this team. I don't know <laughs> if he snap? <laughs> Can't exactly so. Um, anyways, it went Love Jones, Walker, Elton, Myers, John Runyon Jr., Tom at right tackle, Musgrave, Craft, Dobbs, Watson, and then on the defense, it was Clark, Slayton, Wyatt, Rashawn, freaking Gary Bane. Gary is back on the field. I it just feels so good to say that because I did not think that was a possibility, not even close. Uh, Preston Smith, obviously. It would be Quay, McDuffie, or I'm sorry, would be it would have been uh, Campbell over McDuffie, but it's Quay and McDuffie, Jair, Douglas, and then Ford and Savage, which is pretty notable because I haven't seen Ford there other than a few times in the last couple of weeks. So that off the top right there, just that, that starting lineup, I think, tells us a lot of things. Like I talked about, what do you guys think? Is there a chance that we're – otherwise, who would it be? Do you see – um MP, or is that his name, MP, the guy that's the, the backup center at this point? He's running with the twos today. So yep. I
3: read something earlier today that – I can't remember who tweeted it, but they were – and it was it was someone pretty prominent, you know, that reports on the Packers. The vibe I got was it was either going to be Elton Jenkins or Zach Tom that would step into center if we got into a pinch. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. For, for me personally with how Zach Tom's playing at right tackle – I'm kind of leaning toward put Elton at center, right? Absolutely. He understands all the calls. That's what would make the most sense right now with Zach kind of excelling at the right tackle position. Now, could they could they put him in? Could they put Zach Tom in at center, and then bring in Yash at right tackle? That could definitely happen. Um, I don't know the answer to that, Jacob and Tim. You you may have a little bit better beat on it. That's what Dakota's asking here in the chat. That's the reason I got to pull it up. So who is our backup center now? It can't be our starting right tackle. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't really have an answer and I think they like it that way. I don't think they want anybody to have any idea. All right, who are they going to if for some reason Josh Myers does uh come out of the game. What do you think, uh, Tim, as far as center? Who would who would be the backup center? Let's say Josh Myers goes down with an injury in mid game, who's gonna be the center?
0: The mid game, I, I would agree. It would be beat, big E for sure. I'd put EJ at center. Um, and to Dakota's point, which is great, who is our backup center? It can't. It can't be our starting right tackle. And I would agree, it can't be for long. Now, a game, two games, okay. But you know how this will affect the rest of the line, depending on who we have to plug and play there. But yeah, Zach Tom can clearly play center also. But I think that would be, um, that would be like more worst case scenario. I think. But we we could look like total idiots here once the, once this roster takes shape, I have no idea. And I think to your point, Clayton, you're right. I think they want to keep this kind of close to the chest. Um, I, I've seen Sean Ryan take snaps at uh, center uh, this camp as well. So there's there's other names in that offensive line group um, to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I guess my, my gut reaction would be in the heat of battle in a game, we lose our center. I think we move Jenkins to center.
3: Yeah, you, you know, putting a backup left guard riding between Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, I feel way better about than putting Yash out on the edge. And, and I know there's a lot of people like, oh, no, Yash is a great tackle. And, and he has shown flashes in the past. But, guys, go back and watch the Lions game. He got benched in the Lions game because he was getting absolutely demolished. And and I'm not saying that one game should defy someone's career, and I'm not saying they should get rid of Yash. But just that that keeps popping up in the back of my mind you know, when it comes to that position. I, I would much rather have someone like Sean Ryan playing left guard in between Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins than having Yash out on the right side, you know, me personally. But uh, go ahead, Jacob. Uh, what's what's your next offensive notes? Anything else you got?
2: Yeah, so just on that note, Packers number two offensive line left tackle was Caleb Jones, who's back off injury, as we talked about. Sean Ryan, like you just said, left guard, Empe at center, uh, Royce Newman at right guard, and Nyman on the – right tackle. It was interesting again, because all of a sudden today there was more fumbled exchanges. This time it was between uh, MP and Clifford and Andy uh, Herman had a little crazy note here. He's, had a note that said it's crazy how often this is happening. I believe it happened again on another exchange between two different, I think a different center and a different quarterback combination or one of the things. Oh yeah. It was Josh Myers. Apparently he snapped the ball directly as Musgrave was coming around on um, some sort of motion. And he hit him like in the leg with it. So it's just, I I don't know what we do about that. That's a glaring, obvious, just, (laughs) just really, really glaring thing that's going on here. And I don't know what's more weird about it though. Like Ryan's talked about, like you've talked about, it's not just one player and one quarterback. So at this point, is it a coaching thing? I, because that's.
0: I wonder if it's that you just answered it like it's different guys taking different snaps from different guys like how do you build any kind of consistency you know and clearly the the QB1's the one we're worried about getting consistent reps you know first and foremost so when it comes down to Clifford and and uh Alex uh Magoo you know I don't know I don't know if it I mean not to say that you're wrong Jacob maybe it is a maybe it is a coaching thing maybe it is uh You know, I don't want to use the the s word. Certainly, it's certainly not a scheme. It's certainly not a scheme thing. You know, yeah, like that technique in a in a you you learn that in Pop Warner kind of thing. Like this is how we snap a football, guys. Now this is how we snap a football at the NFL level, and let's do it consistently across the board. But chemistry is a tricky thing, man, and it's hard to build it instantly. You know, yeah, that's That's my take on it. I don't know.
2: Can I touch on one more thing on the offense just overall? Because it seems like in a lot of ways the last two days all of a sudden so many narratives have shifted. One, all of a sudden Jordan Love's a great quarterback and the media's known it the whole time. They just never – not a big thing. Our defense is crazy good. Rashawn Gary's back and that's crazy now. Our defense is even more bad, good and scary. But Jaden Reed to me all of a sudden – and I'm I'm one of those guys and I'll – Put it out there, all right. I was a Samori Tori is gonna be number three. Sorry, it looks you like sure I'm sure Are you sure about blocked. that? Are you sure, you about, sure that? about
0: that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's gonna make me geek out every time. We do that at work <laughs> all the time. That was right on time, Clayton Yeah, anytime. We're, we we
3: get it, her, baby. <laughs> we're hey, we're dialing it in, man. We're getting a beat on it, like the turtle man says. I'm getting a beat on it.
0: But uh, our, We need our center to have that kind of timing. Yeah, that'd be great. For that
2: kind of <laughs> that'd
3: be
1: sure. um,
2: but I just basically think that right now, Jaden Reed is standalone number three. And I've seen a lot of articles and a lot of um, the talking heads and even guys I respect on Packers networks being like, is, is Samori Torre randomly going to be a casualty cut? Because if <laughs> I, and I hate to, you guys know that I love Samori Torre. I've been, pumping that for a long time but the thing is is the guy does he does things well but all of a sudden now we've got four or five other guys that do the same thing he does standing like four inches taller and they run about as fast as he does so that's where i'm starting to think like maybe i i don't want to say i think he's still a roster lock per se but where i thought he was a for sure three to four wide receiver i'm thinking now he's a four to five possibly a six and we saw what they did. They threw him out there a lot the last game. But if you noticed, it wasn't him running a lot of routes. I mean, he did have second routes, I believe, uh, second amount of routes ran overall. But they were predominantly in the second half. And a lot of his stuff that he – most anything he did in the first half was just returning kicks and punts, which people are like, well, the, the, yeah, they're trying to get a look at him. I think they're trying to see what else they he has left, possibly before they write him off in whatever way. Um, because to me it's like if if you're going to show him at wide receiver, it's the same thing they did with Deguara, who apparently had some really good blocking reps today, which was really good to see because that's kind of – it seems like with Henry Pearson being out, his role is starting to shift back more towards that back role where he's going to need to be a pass protector. He's going to need to be multifaceted. And I think that he had – like, again, he had some good reps. But it sounds like, you know, I, I just – the offense is evolving, and I really do think that Musgrave is going to be that guy. He's He had a couple miscues again today, and it's it's stuff you expect with a rookie tight end. But all in all, this offense is making progress every single day, and I think people are going to be sleeping on it. It's going to be re- – and we're so deep. We're so deep at every single position. I, I can't think of a single position on offense where we could – I hate to say it, where we could have an injury and probably make do with it, which yeah. – Mm-hmm. And
3: the scheme too gives people comfort, you know, um, I'll, I will say this, you guys remember last year when Aaron Rodgers was saying, um, we need to simplify things. We need to simplify things. And he caught a lot of heat for it. You know, that botched snap that hit, uh, hit Musgrave in the rear end. It was all motion, yeah. you know, motion is such a, uh, I don't want to use the word. I got to be careful what we say here on YouTube. It's such an asset, right. Um, in offense, but, the same time with that comes a lot of uh a lot of penalties to be honest you know it's just like the RPO game when when you first start implementing the RPO game you get a lot of illegal or ineligible downfield right and they've got to get that timing down they got to adjust to that type of offense because the players weren't used to running it Um, same thing with motion if we're going all in on motion and you've got young players that timing is going to be a little off now I think it was on Myers I I don't I don't understand how it could not be on Myers in that situation um, where he literally – you've got to wait for the tight end to clear, you know, unless Jordan just gave him the signal to snap the ball at that very split second as Musgrave was, you know, crossing through. But I imagine it's something timing-based, you know. What are we going to do when we get on the road? Not to be Mr. Doom and Gloom. I'm just – I'm already thinking like Minnesota, right? We're getting a dome and it's loud and we got to go to a silent count. Like, Myers has got to – you to, got to crank it up, man. you gotta, you got to get better, right? There's no doubt about it. You know, another note that stood out to me um, before we go on to defense, Jordan Love, they said, had a solid, solid day, was very accurate, missed Musgrave on one play, but other than that, was really accurate all day, um, attacked the middle of the field. They said he hit uh, Jaden Reed on a deep ball. And they, the other thing that really got me excited that Paul Brettel reported was he played with good rhythm. Right. Good rhythm. And you kind of seen that the other night. You've seen it in both preseason games. Once he gets into that rhythm, you know, the the game seems to come to him. Go ahead, Jake.
2: He started slow, which I think we're going to have to get used to what Jordan Love's personality is. It seems like that he is. And it's kind of cool when you stop and think about it. So he has the precision, the good playmaking ability, the happy feet. I shouldn't say happy feet, the good feet, the running ability and the decision making of an Aaron Rodgers. But he has like kind of that a little bit of gunslinger in him, that little bit of more attitude, more raw-rah, more team guy of a Brett Favre. And if you remember, Brett Favre was notorious for starting hot. No more rocket balls, please. Just in the first four or five throws. You thank God never farted. <laughs> they're they're way over the wide receiver, and he takes about three or four or five throws before he starts finding where his his par is and i think that that's kind of what we're seeing from jordan love he's got a big arm and i think that he has a um that that gunslinger inside quarterback that's trying to get out but he's trying to tamp it down and he listens to himself listens to his coaches and then he starts to find his groove they talked about we looked at all the uh the media acolytes and all the talking heads that all of a sudden on a dime it's almost it's crazy how all on literally the monday morning Within a span of like 12 hours, literally all of them were like, well, today Jordan loves good now. And we all love him and all the stuff we said about him for the last three and a half years, well, that was just, you know, whatever. It's just, it's hilarious. But uh, I am, I just, I can't say it enough. I think this offense and that that deep route was the deep fade to read 78-yard touchdown coverage with uh, Keyshawn Nixon in coverage. Just saying. Sorry I left that out. They
3: said he burned him and Keyshawn fell down.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's kind of exciting. Then on the other side, I'm going, who's going to be lining up in the slot on Keyshawn during the year? Well, we got to be careful. With that. That. Let's talk right. about
2: the backup slot as we go forward in the defense part because I, I want to talk about that. Absolutely.
3: But the other thing, too, if you stay in that quarter's coverage, it's not that big of an issue, right? Not that big of an issue. If you play man coverage and you're out there going, oh, we got nothing to worry about. I don't know. Are you
2: sure about that?
3: It makes me a little, sure a little bit nervous. I ain't gonna lie, man. Um, all right, let's see. Let's. Uh, well, the other the other note I had: Christian Watson had a very good day, is what they said. Another touchdown catch, and that was right. on Mason, right, if I understood correctly. So, sound like Keyshawn might have had a little bit of a, a rough day, which is good. Have them now, right? Have them now. Um, all right, uh, Tim, you got anything else on offense before we move to defense, Bob?
0: Uh Just one thing. I noticed uh, I saw a lot more of the twos than I did the ones today on offense. Um, kiss Bonds was having himself a day um, at a couple plays today and then uh, I noticed Magoo man, Magoo threw a beautiful but dangerous ball, we'll call it to, uh, <laughs> it was one of those back pylon throws, like this ball was diving for the back pylon of the end zone and he, and he put it right on Jadakiss's hands, man. I mean, right on his hands and he just couldn't have came he just didn't come down with it. But I was just thinking, man, if he would have caught that, we'd be talking we'd be talking about Jadakiss Bonds a little bit today because he had himself a practice. Um and that kind of goes to what you were saying with Toure. You know, we got so much talent here. You know, who's who are we really are we keeping six? Are we keeping seven? Are we keeping, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of that may have to do with uh, whatever's going on with Tay Wicks uh, injury too moving forward Um, because you have other guys that are clearly stepping up and, you know, trying to make a run at that wide receiver position. Um, I guess my thing with Toure, just to wrap up the offense, would be, uh, what are your guys' thoughts? Or or maybe, Jacob, you got the numbers. What's his uh, blocking grade? Because he doesn't strike me as like a super intense blocking receiver, which is kind of the dudes we like to have we like to have a couple of those guys
2: i don't have it in front of me but i know it was not uh or you said tay wicks or it's no
0: it's Tore. yeah because you know you were kind of saying maybe he's not the three maybe he's more of like a four or a five. five
2: i know that tay wicks's grade was a 75 point something for his blocking grade last game even though he had limited snaps and i know that torres was not that great um okay I could be crazy wrong, yes. but I, I don't.
3: Keep talking. I'll find it real quick. Y'all keep going. <laughs> uh,
2: I don't think that it was that good. Um, one thing, like we talked about before, though, too, is that fade route. A lot of people have been talking about how Jordan Love doesn't have the deep ball, and I just think that's that's just kind of stupid. What up, Cheesehead Murph, by the way? Um, I just I've seen the deep ball be there, and I think that as he gets more familiar with, especially Dobbs and Watson, and we start going against – like all of these practices, like they're great. I read in, in, in the book that I've been reading that I keep dropping reference to take your eye off the ball by Pat Kerwin. They talk about a lot of different things um, that have kind of become relevant. And one of them was, uh, uh, Oh God, I just had a brain fart. Take it over Clayton. One second. I got to get this real quick. You're good, man.
3: <clears throat> um, so to answer your question, Tim, 594 I believe. Let me double check. Yeah. 59.4 was Samori Torre's run blocking grade against the New England Patriots. So the most okay. recent. Um, yeah. So not great, but same time, you know, it's one game. Right? Um, right. So let's see here. Nick, the realtor in the chat says, if we keep six, we may have to let Torre go. Um, that would hurt, but we have to keep the best six at least. Right. Um, yeah. It's all about. What about creating the best roster, man? That's what it comes down to. It's that simple for sure.
2: Um, Let's see here.
3: One more from Nick the
2: He said – I was going to say – Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, Because of the fact that I was astonished by the fact that if if that hasn't changed, do that collective bargaining agreement that you only get 14 fully padded practices in a given season, that blew my mind. (laughs) The fact that the the coaches are supposed to – especially on defense – that they're supposed to make an educated decision, 14 padded practice, fully padded practices for the whole year. Like the, the fact that these coaches even know how to pick, I mean, that, that's insane to me. I don't know. That blew my mind when I read that. So, you know,
3: something else too. And do you guys remember, you know, it was said that Rogers didn't like joint practices, Righty hates joint practices and this and that. Do you know why? Cause I heard the story. I heard exactly why. And when it started. Matt LaFleur's first year here, they went down to do joint practices with the Houston Texans, and they went all the way down there to do joint practices with the Houston Texans, right? And basically what happened was they were playing the Chicago Bears week one, and the defensive coordinator, I think it was Rob Marinelli maybe, I can't remember who it was, whoever the defensive coordinator was, his brother was on Houston's coaching staff. So what they didn't want to do, Matt LaFleur didn't want to tip his hand to uh that coach's brother so he would take that information back and have have a little bit of an edge in Chicago so they ran a very vanilla offense the entire pattern practice so what Aaron was saying was this was a waste of time we we would have been more productive having a normal practice than coming down here and doing that then the media runs with it and it turns into Aaron Rodgers hates joint practices Aaron and now all of a sudden he loves them with the Jets no the details of that whole situation was situation. they wasted that whole practice because they were afraid of tipping their hand. One of the few times where the joint practice can kind of bite you in the rear end, and, and that is kind of the, I don't know, the stars aligning with that, that tip, that's, uh, specific scenario, I should say. But anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. But, yeah, the the CBA and the, and the limited practice, and that's why a lot of teams struggle at tackling too, right, Tim, because you can't yeah. hit the way you used to in practice too, so – um, yep. All right, let's move on, dude. Let's go to defense. Is that cool with you guys?
2: Yeah. Let's go, Tim. Right. go, Tim.
3: Yeah, here we go, baby. Here we go. So I've got some notes here. Tim, do you want to kind of kick it off with defense and just, just some of your takeaways, man, from practice today, maybe what stood out. Maybe if you were on, on the old Twitter today or the the old X and, uh, and seen some <laughs> of the stuff that was, uh, that was tweeted about, what you stood can't, out on defense? You can't, can't say if you're
2: here. on the old X. Okay. <laughs> Tim's <No>. married. <laughs> Can't do that. What the oh my heck's God. Going
1: on out
2: here? trying to save his marriage.
0: Go ahead, Tim. There it is. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I got a good one to start since we're just coming off the offense. Um, so uh, the Tubes were running, and uh, Sean Clifford was cornerback. And he was trying to look, I don't know what, I think he was trying to look somebody off and Eric Wilson came up and had a PBU. And one of my favorite moments was like literally hearing Sean Clifford, like jog over to him and go, Eric, did you, did you see my eyes? (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) and he's kind of like, yeah, I did. So (laughs) if you were, if you were trying to look me off, it didn't work. Basically (laughs) that was kind of a, that was kind of a cool moment. Um, You know especially for uh you know a guy um you know what would we put wilson right now probably fourth on the on the depth chart maybe
3: yeah probably in that range yeah
0: yeah so i mean to see him come up and just make kind of a big play like that in the in the uh, team drills was pretty cool um and then uh while we're hey we got to talk about it man anthony johnson jr and Jonathan Owens running with the twos today, Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage at the ones. We just talked about this last night and clearly either they're just shaking things up, you know, or something there's, there was a change. There was clearly a difference today. it will be interesting to see what, what, what the ones and twos look like tomorrow. Maybe this is all just Seattle prep, you know, and we're just trying to, kind of mix and match and find out what the lineup's going to be uh, for the game on Saturday. Uh, But I thought that was definitely notable. Yeah. And
3: I've got that note here, too. It said Rudy Ford got the majority of snaps with Savage. Owens was with the second group. And Goody said in his presser, from what I understand, quote, no one has taken the spot next to Savage yet. So it's kind of what we talked about, Tim, and you alluded to it there just a second ago. Um, Are they just giving – were they giving Jonathan Owens – a legit shot, and of course, Tavarius Moore has been battling some injuries, so he kind of, what we always say, you can't make the club in the tub, right? Um, So I think they were giving Jonathan Owens a real strong, they know what they got in Rudy, right? They've seen it all year last year, and I think they like what they've seen in Rudy, but it's all right. We We don't know hardly anything about Jonathan Owens and how he fits in this defense. We just know he was a good tackler at Houston, and he was absolute booty in coverage. So, with that being said, let's put him out there and see what we got, and now maybe we're coming into that that time of of camp where they go okay he's shown us what he's got now let's see what rudy looks like we've got a a fresh look at at jonathan owens let's see if rudy really pops so you guys know and and dakota seems to agree yes keep rudy ford there that's my pick i thought rudy did uh did really really well and dakota also says in the chat i really like anthony johnson jr though i still think he can be better than ford by this time next year seems like there might be a little more upside i know the people that i trust in the draft community Dakota, they were definitely high on Anthony Johnson Jr. He was hands down one of the best picks um, at the time in the draft that he was taking. Um, he was definitely right there at the top of the board. So um, I like the Anthony Johnson pick, and it, and it seems like he's shown some flashes here Um in camp let's see here tim in the chat says we will pick up a safety off waivers there's a chance definitely a chance of that man depends on Mm -hmm. what happens with these injuries too with uh, tarvarius moore and and some of these other guys so uh another note i had here uh, this was by paul brettel he said lucas van ness had his best practice in the last week or two said he really got after the quarterback several times that's good to hear right and uh this might be a good time to mention this i haven't said this to anyone else I want to give a shout out to the new uh, the new members, the new YouTube page members. We've got memberships, guys. Um, that it kind of sets up by default once your once your channel gets to a certain level. And I didn't realize it last night. We we actually had one join as a member live on the stream, and I shouted them out. And then when I went back, I had no idea that we had several new members. So we had Jerry A, Chad Inc, James Jackson, United Bates, Dan Cott and CL Freeman all joined as members. So just want to say thanks for supporting the stream. We really, really appreciate it. And what I wanted to do, um, I wanted to, to do something to kind of show our appreciation for those who are supporting the channel. So uh mentioned Lucas Van Ness. I've got an autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey from pristineauction.com Beckett style jersey autographed with the certificate of authenticity. We're going to give that away to one of the members of the channel okay and what we'll do is is some kind of drawing we'll make it fair for everyone across the board but that goes for anyone who's a member on the channel i know eric sutherland cheesehead murph um there was another one too might not be in the chat i'm trying to remember i've got it right here i just want to give a shout out to those people because we really really appreciate like i said you guys uh joining and helping roger davis was the other one so if you guys want to enter yourself into that contest or that drawing i should say to win an autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey. Um, if you become a member, we'll set a deadline, and I'll kind of mention when that deadline's going to be to give people time to enter this stuff into that contest. But just wanted to say thanks. I'm so sorry it got overlooked last night on the stream that we didn't mention. Uh, a shout-out to all those that are members of the channel. Like I said, it goes a long way, and we really appreciate the support.
4: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us.
3: Back to defense, TJ Slayton. This one really stood out to me today, Jacob. TJ Slayton got nickel reps alongside Kenny Clark, and there, the way I read the tweets and the update was he may have taken that nickel defensive tackle spot from Devontae Wyatt. And you guys have heard me talk about TJ TJ Slayton; like he's he really popped at the end of the year. Sounds like he's having a, an absolutely phenomenal camp. You've seen him kind of pop in the game the other night against the Patriots as well. Um, that might be they may keep those two big boys on the field the majority of the time and. You know, I love Devontae Wyatt, right? Ryan's talked about it, uh, you know, a lot here lately, Jacob, that Devontae's really not flashed here lately. You know, we get, we hear about how he, he flashes in practice, but when we get in the preseason games, he just kind of hasn't been, you know, noticeable. TJ Slayton may have, uh, may have taken some reps from him, dude, as far as uh, just, hey, look, when we're in nickel, keep him out there, keep the big boy out there. Um, he, he's, like I said, I man. his pass rush seems to be improving. It's exciting. What do you think about that, man? I know you're probably like me. You don't like the idea of a first-round pick getting reps taken away by T.J. Slayton, but at the same time, put the best 11 out there, right?
2: Yeah, I'm a little bit torn on that because if you guys – I don't remember how long we've been doing this, Clayton, because everything kind of mashes together from the the time that I helped with Ryan. I know that I was on the live stream, I believe, when we drafted Rashawn Gary. No, maybe not. I know I was there for – Jordan love I think God I don't know how long it's been but um I I I really love TJ Slayton he's one of my guys which just means he was drafted a little bit later and nobody gave him a shot and Ryan hated him that means I automatically love him because I feel like that's just our dynamic now if Ryan doesn't like him I'm gonna put a I'm gonna buy his jersey so uh but yeah man I and one thing I will just to pick on Ryan because I feel like it, it's great content uh <laughs> he said that TJ Slayton He's, I think he's even said this recently he goes TJ Slayton is not going to be a pass rush specialist of any kind this would probably beg to differ to that I mean if he and I've said before that he has some little a little twitch in him for being that guy wearing 93 he's not quite Gilbert Brown-esque he's he's
1: a little oh, more.
2: He's a little more trim than that gentleman, I would say, but he um, he possesses a little bit more hand movement. I think that he's good at, um, he can take on double teams and he shows that he can split them, get around them, make the run defense a little bit more stout. But I really do think that for whatever reason, we're starting to see this guy's somewhat develop a, a little bit of a pass rush, or at least just the guys around him are so good that he, all he has to do is, you know, some very minimal basic stuff. And then you look at I know we're talking about him right now, but the guys that are backing him up makes me even more jacked because you're talking about, like we talk about, God forbid, um, Kenny or, or TJ has to any, any sort of injury. I'm so high on Carl Brooks and Kobe wooden. And even Jonathan Ford as of late has shown up. And he was in a few notes today too, where he's kind of making some plays. And that, that's a big man. Jonathan Ford is a big human being. So yeah. I like I, Almost like the defense or like the offense, the defense, other than safety and maybe inside linebacker, I'm not worried about the depth if if an injury were to happen. So
0: You, you hit it right on the head there, uh, Jacob. Those are the two position groups on defense, at least from where I'm seeing it. Um, if there's going to be concern about depth, it's going to be at safety and middle linebacker right now. Um, but there's still... You know, there's still some ball to be played here in the preseason. Um, maybe somebody steps up. Um, you know, until we know for sure, you know, we we, we hear that Devondre Campbell's injury is not serious, and that's good to hear. But, you know, when are we going to see him on the field again? That's, that's the real concern. So I do think we're a little – a little thin with promise at uh middle linebacker without Devondre Campbell. I mean, there's some guys that can step up. I mean, we just talked about Eric Wilson making a play today. So, you know, I, I'm excited about this defense for sure. Um, and, you know, you, you took it right out, took it right off my notes, man. You must've saw my notes somehow. Uh, TJ Slayton, uh, Keyshawn Banks, Carl Brooks, Jonathan Ford were like the first names on my list when it comes to Talking about the defense today. They had a great practice today. So stuff.
3: Um, we get a comment here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share an audio with you guys real quick. Uh B the Hammer says with Inigbari flashing in camp in preseason and Gary coming back. Um, you know, it, it's exciting for this pass rush. It really is. Now, you guys know I'm a big fan of the GM shuffle with Michael Lombardi and Femi of MFA. They uh, you know, have an awesome podcast. Go like, subscribe, all that stuff um for the the gm shuffle but they were talking about the green bay packers earlier today and, and i want to play it because he mentions in he also mentions jordan love it's just about two minutes long i want you guys to hear this real quick uh, hopefully it's not too loud jacob i apologize if it's blaring in your ears but um let me turn it down a little bit and i'll try to adjust as we go but here was former gm spent 35 years in uh, professional football as a as a scout as a confidant um, worked with Bill Belichick for years, both in Cleveland and in New England. He worked with Al Davis and Oakland, been all over the place, was actually a personal assistant to Bill Walsh way, way back in the day when he was an intern. This is Michael Lombardi talking about the Green Bay Packers, him and Finney Abimbafe on the GM shuffle.
1: Um, are you excited about Jordan Love? Jordan Love, 5 of 8, 84 yards against the Patriots, threw a nice touchdown pass as well during the series. A- a- any optimism here about Jordan Love? Because Packer fans are starting to believe. I mean, I think Jordan Love has just got to be good. I don't. Th- let's not get him great. I think you know this when he threw the touchdown pass. To the the Patriots had taken their coverage guys out of the game. I think it was Wade that was covering Do- Dobbs. Made a great play on Bolden earlier on that drive and just got his foot in balance. It was it was a good throw and Dobbs made a great catch. Uh, i I I think Green Bay has a chance to be really good uh, defensively. You know they draft Van Ness in the first round. But this fifty-five kid, I can't say his last name yeah, from Enibare? Um, yeah, Kingsley and Ibare. And Ibare, I mean, Ibare, yeah. This, guy, this Kingsley is the king man is good. Now he's <laughs> he might be their best rusher on the team. I mean, he's he's better than Preston Smith. He's better than Van Ness right now. You know, he can really bring the heat. He can rush to the power. They're gonna have to play him. I think they're good on and this is not counting Rashawn Gary. I mean, they didn't play him. So and then Aaron Jones played one play for six yards and you know, and then he got came out of the game. I think if Love can just do, make the easy, keep it easy, as opposed to making it hard, he's got a, he's, they got a chance to move the football, you know, and I think they will. I, I, I'm not down on Green Bay at all. Uh, I, I'm yeah. not saying that Love's going to be a pro bowler, but I don't think Love's a washout. I think that they got enough stuff around him, especially with Watson, especially with Dobbs, especially with, with their running game. I think that they can certainly help him. Yeah, hopefully Big Daddy's starting to turn a little bit. I know you wrote no, that column and is, Big Daddy was he was all I up on it. I don't think big Daddy big first of all, big daddy's not you know, it's amazing. He's kind of like you a little bit. Big daddy cannot watch and know. That's a that's an, that's an incredible quality to have. You don't even watch the game, but you know. Like it's I don't know how that happens. You watch four games at one time. I don't know how the hell that happens. But big daddy. Big daddy the same? doesn't even watch, he just looks at the box score or something, and he knows. It's it's a it's a unique quality to have. It's unbelievable. He's all knowing when it comes to the Green Bay Packers and other He's things as known. well. <laughs> I mean, most of these fans are most of these fans are all knowing. You know, it's like all these people judging quarterbacking play in preseason. We didn't even talk about, you know, the, the right
3: – So anyway, that was pretty much the gist of it. I thought that was funny. And Big Daddy, for those of you who don't know it, don't listen to the GM Shuffle, you need to start listening to it. It's a phenomenal podcast. But I can't remember if it's Michael Lombardi's uncle or his cousin or what, but it's an older relative that does, like, remodel work for him and stuff, and he's a big Packers fan. And he's like, the guy never watches the game, but he's got every answer on how to fix the organization. (laughs) Like He's constantly (laughs) talking about that. And, of course, Femi likes to watch quad box, and he got mad. They got together the other day at the Deason Studios and watched some preseason football, and Femi was mad that he didn't have quad box. And Lombardi's like, how the hell do you watch four games at once? Like, what are you watching? But back to his comment. He went. He, what he does is he goes back and watches the tape. You know, like I talk about how I watch the tape, like you're watching intently. And, Jacob, you're starting to learn by reading the book, Take Your Eye Off the Ball. You're knowing what you're actually looking for now, specific position groups. The reason I watch every snap of Packer football, and I have for the last, I would say the last decade, I watch every snap three times is because I want to watch the front, I want to watch the mid, and I want to watch the secondary. And and I, and I want to look at it like that from the offensive and defense perspective. I'm looking at the offensive line, the defensive line. Okay, now I'm looking at the running back and the linebackers. Now I'm looking at the secondary and the wide receivers. That's kind of how I watch the game and try to pick up on every little thing. And what's crazy is I still miss a freaking ton of stuff every single time. And you go back and watch it. You could watch it the fourth time and go, man, there's still stuff I'm coming away with. That could happen. So, anyway, what he said about Enigbare, um, he said – He's, he's the best pass rusher on the field other than Gary, basically. He said, you know, they don't even have Gary on the field right now. Crazy. Think about that. And it's what we talked about. What was it, an episode or two ago, Tim? If Enigbare comes out and he's a better edge rusher than Preston Smith, now Preston Smith becomes a rotational guy. And I don't know if that will happen in the first quarter of the season, if it happens at all. But to think that he's at Preston Smith's level now, that's remarkable. And, again, it was – I want to say it's one performance, but what did Paul Brittle say? He's having – quietly, he's having the best camp that he's seen anybody have, you know, a lot years ahead of where he was last year as a rookie. So, I don't know, Tim, I get excited about that pass rush when you think of people like that. Oh, and by the way, Lucas Van Ness might be your fourth best edge rusher, uh, just a physical specimen, right? It's it's pretty cool, man.
0: I think – I, I agree, and I think with Enigbare, uh, you know, it's like we always talk, it's consistency. He's been consistently – showing these signs consistently growing consistently making plays um we want to see this rolling into the season yeah there's you know no doubt this guy's on the team and uh you're right i think and i also think with the comment about preston smith you know him possibly moving out of that starting role or or into a rotational role i think he's definitely the type of player that would would almost embrace that i don't think he's going to be a guy upset about having to give up snaps um, I think he wants to do what he can to help this team win. And <laughs> you can do a lot worse than Preston Smith rotating in on your defense. So, I mean, I feel really good. Um, feel good about our front. Feel, you know, the edge, like you said, Van Ness could be an absolute monster. I do think with LVN, it's, it's, you got to give him time. He needs time. He needs reps. Um, he has rookie moments. Um, and then he has unbelievably sound, great football judgment, great play. Hands are in the right position. He's making the right moves. So the flashes are there. You know it's coming, guys. This is, you know, for all intents and purposes, it should be a top 10 D this year. And that's not even being a homer. That's just looking at what we've been looking at here the last three and a half weeks. And really going back to even OTAs, you could start to see some of this stuff. So I'm excited, man. JJ and Ibarre, Kingsley and Ibarre, whatever we're going to call them, you know. (laughs) the Doesn't king matter, man right? you know the sackinator whatever i don't know but uh he he looks ferocious out there too man he plays that game i love guys that play this game with just a little bit of ferocity they've got that there's just a little more you know when you see him um, so he's he's going to be fun to watch this year in his defense man definitely
3: jake if you got anything else on defense though
2: I do. And then we can maybe jump into special teams and we can wrap this big bear up.
3: Hey, so there it play. is. There, there is. you go.
2: Okay. So what I was thinking though, uh, what are you guys thoughts on Stokes? It sounded pretty much like LaFleur said he's without saying it, LaFleur said he's going to start the year on, 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 the PUP. That basically means he's done for the four games to start the year. I'm not mad at that. If Stokes is worth anything and I hate saying it in that way, like he's a commodity. If, if his if he is a, still an asset for the team with that injury, if he is still a really good <clears throat> prospect at cornerback, I'd rather him take four extra weeks and take the time to not force that. We are very deep right now at cornerback. And I just think that, um, we need to solidify whether or not that was a good pick or not. So don't force him back while we're really heavy at that position. Let that guy take all the time in the world, let him get all of the, um, uh, the <clears throat> kind of like the aggression of maybe losing his jobs type feeling, you know, make him really earn it kind of thing. And then my other question is the backup slot position. Ennis Gaines came back today. Other than Nixon, there who is a true slot backup at corner, and does would that possibly make a guy like either Ennis Gaines, Shamar, Jean Charles, or would they drop Jaw into the slot so they could let guys like I don't know. Carrington and Razul on the, on the perimeters there. Yeah. You know,
3: when you talk about putting John ja in a slot, you know, I, I think I'm in the minority with this comment, but I want my best players as close to the center of the field as possible. You know, you've got extra defenders on the boundary. That's called the out of bounds line. Put your best defenders in the middle of the freaking field. And this whole talk at is too small to play slot BS, dude. BS, you're paying the guy over $20 million a year. If that gives your defense the best shot to win, put him out there. If you're playing quarters coverage, if you're playing that too high shell, you're deterring offenses from throwing over the top anyway. You're kind of wasting him on the perimeter unless you've got a a premier wide receiver out there. If you play a team, Jacob, where it's like, okay, this is hands down their number one receiver and he plays 90% of the snaps on the boundary, put Ja on that side and let him play boundary. I'm totally cool with that. But. This whole, well, he's too small. We're wasting him in the slot. If we put him in a slot, that's BS, man. Not in a quarter's coverage, not in a quarter's coverage.
0: I can back that up by by first-hand experience watching him work with Coach Williams and everything that they're doing with Ja is getting him to play up closer to the line, getting him to, quote, unquote, play bigger than he is. And you got to remember, Jair can can outsmart the guy that he's standing across. He can be bigger. He could be faster. I, I like watching him in the few times that we do get to see him press up. It's almost like he'll he'll almost like let the guy get him off the line a little because he just trusts that closing speed that even if I'm beat off of that first move, I can close out and get a PBU or I can make a play on the ball. So I agree, Clayton, 100%. Why, why am I seeing them work on his technique closer to the line of scrimmage and closer to that, you know, quote-unquote middle of the field area like you're saying if they're they're not considering that you know and certainly you can again you could do a lot worse having to rotate jaw into the slot and then stick someone else on the boundary you know like th- these are quote-unquote good problems to have when you have depth like this
2: yeah no doubt go ahead jacob what were you gonna say buddy? nothing no i was just gonna say that um anthony johnson jr apparently has been shown out so i'm wondering with with bretton cox anthony johnson jr Certain guys like that, do you see, in my mind, I can see us only keeping two running backs, only randomly keeping six wide receivers, possibly only keeping eight offensive linemen. So that would free up some space for guys because I just feel like Brenton Cox Jr. is just, he keeps showing potential. At least the potential to be a five or a six edge rotation. I don't know if he'd make it off waivers. And then, that being said, if Rashawn Gary comes back week one, which I do think he will, I think he's going to be more around that 40%, you know, snap share type thing. I don't think he's going to be back to that usual 65%. Oh, why'd I do that? But <laughs> I, I meant, uh, you know what I meant. But 67%. what I meant 67%. But if he is back at that 65, then I don't know exactly why. I I have all the hope. 65%. 65%, (laughs) Sixty-five percent. Late, but it was there. All right. If he is, that, that to me tells you how ready Rashawn Gary is to go. If they give him that, like if he's around that 40, 35, 40, really testing him, making sure he's doing that. David Bakhtiari testing the waters very, very carefully. Or if they just throw him in and he's ready to go, I will say this. I saw him doing those 1v1s and some of those drills he looks faster than I've ever seen him and he looks more violent. The hands are moving like a freaking karate champion, dude. It's I'm excited. Heck yeah.
3: I want to address this question real quick. Then we'll move on to special teams and then we will wrap this big bear up. Uh, Tim Spangler in the chat said, what position do you think we'll address with the extra number one we get from the jets next year? If it is indeed a number one, for me, the answer is always best player available, preferably in a premier position. Tackle. Don't want to hear it, but if Jordan Love doesn't look like a franchise quarterback, tackle, quarterback, edge, or a three-tech top defensive lineman, you can never have too many of those. Look at Philly. Philly had one of the best defenses in the league, and what they do, they went D tackle again in the first round, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So if I had to put the
3: money on it, had to had to bet the farm, I would say interior defensive line, uh, specifically a good pass rushing interior defensive line that could play somewhere between a one and a three tech ideally that would be my my guess hey, let's move on to special teams and uh first question is actually about the punter here this come from cheesehead murph a loyal listener he said i know it's not sexy but what are we going to do at, what are we doing at punter um punter for me personally it's real simple murph i want o'donnell back there i want the safer bet at holding and I could care less if he can kick it a country mile or not. What I need him to do is be able to pin him deep in a strategic situation. But more importantly, be the best the best freaking holder that we could possibly have. That's what we need holding right now. The last thing we need with a shaky rookie kicker is to now throw in the mix a holder that that can't do that job consistently. Um, do you guys feel the same way about O'Donnell, or do you like the uh, the young Irishman there? It's been booming the ball, evidently. The uh the other punter. What's
0: oh, name? Uh, we, you... Whelan?
3: Yeah, Wheelan, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's got a thunder leg, that Wheeling kid. He can he can bomb him when he wants to, when he gets a good strike on the ball. But uh, I'm a hundred percent with you, Clayton. You don't you don't change the guard, man. Uh veteran leadership on this team is um just by default, it's scarce. We're a young team. So a veteran in that position group, like as your holder and as your you know, like Clayton said, we got to, you know, pin you deep in a crucial moment of the game. I want that before I want to test the young kid, especially considering that we went that route with our kicker. Like, you know, so we don't it's not him and Crosby anymore. So you, you've got to have some stability at one of those. So
2: I would agree. No, no, you guys are both wrong. We need a good old Irishman like Daniel Whelan, not some, you know, morning. Patrick O'Donnell. <laughs> I,
3: I guess there's a theme here. There's a theme here. I'm just saying. saying.
2: Uh, yeah. No, I, 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 they say that we'd maybe save like a million if we were to cut Pat O'Donnell, like you guys said, nah, keep the steady Eddie. I will say though, Whelan's booting the, you know, what of that ball? I don't know. He's uh, and he's been doing it very consistently too. So,
0: you know, I, I, don't I feel know. like O'Donnell's got him beat on the placement though. You know, yeah. like where it's going and, and the type of the bounce he's getting. You can kind of just see him when they trade off. Um, but again, I guess that comes with the experience, right? O'Donnell's in his, what is this, ninth season? Something like that. Tenth season? I don't know. Yeah.
2: Look at Ian says, I'd cut O'Donnell and develop a younger guy. Ian says that. God, all right. Irish people need to stop talking in the chat and stop doing
0: <laughs> <that. Okay. laughs> Not in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love
3: it. All right. Kicker boys, here it is. I And, and I'm going to go ahead and warn all the listeners. I'm going to get scolded by Tim right now. It's about to happen. All right. So the teacher's about to get hit with the ruler here. Andres Carlson, two of six today. It was heavy wind and they said that it is notable though that both of the makes today, both of the kicks he made, O'Donnell was holding. That made me kind of think, it was Wheeling that was holding on all the misses, but they didn't specify whether O'Donnell was holding on any of the misses. He was indeed holding on the makes. Tim, let us have it, buddy. How we feeling about kicker? Uh,
0: I feel the same way. He's our kicker, whether we like it or not. Um, <laughs> uh, but I will tell you that um, I I don't know that it's necessarily the hold the holder because the one the few that I saw, I got to see a. Out of those six uh, kicks, I think I saw three or four of them today, and I saw one that was just—I mean, shank might be an understatement. Like, I—I I, it, yeah. it looked somebody threw a ball across the field rather than kicked <laughs> one. And I don't know if that—I mean, like, I wish we could really look and see, like, how bad was that hold? You know, to like was was the was the laces in Dan? Were, were they that bad? <laughs> You know, so I worry, guys. My concern with Carlson is: is he in his head now? You know, because if it becomes a mental thing, and you're not, you're you're thinking too much, and you're, you've got so much to work on, you're overcorrecting, you're recorrecting, you're adjusting, and now you've you don't have a consistent base anymore. So when you go up there and you take your steps and you line up, there really isn't a routine that's a solid foundation. And you are, You're, you're kicking balls that look perfect, and then you're kicking balls that look like disasters. There's very little middle ground, so it leads me to, to think, and I hope I'm wrong, but like hopefully this isn't like the yips or like he's got something going on in his head, and he's just he's overthinking it. Maybe some people would argue he's not thinking enough. I don't know, but no, it doesn't it doesn't look any better than the last time we talked about our kicker, which was uh, after the Patriots game. So, um, yeah, I I don't know, guys. Uh, I'll defend him. You know, I, I love the kicking game. Sure um, I'm gonna. You sure?
3: <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> hey, I, I understand. We got it. We Mason listen.
0: Crosby out of the mix. What does the free agent kicker market look like? Does it really look that appealing, guys?
3: Is isn't it amazing? How many people are there in the world? Do we know a roundabout number? How many people there are on the face of the freaking earth?
0: Like eight billion or something, or
3: yeah, let's say it's eight billion. Let's say it's $7 billion just to undershoot. There's not another single person on this big ball of mud that's spinning through outer space that can't kick a freaking football. Like, this always amazes me. And I know it's tough. I know I can't do it. I told you my story. I kicked a 47-yarder and pulled a butt cheek, couldn't walk for a week, right? I'm just saying, like, that blows my mind, Jacob.
0: Who's the YouTube guy? Uh, what about Destroying? Let's get yeah, him to camp, right? I've seen him. Forking off fifty artists,
3: sixty artists. <laughs> We've gotten so bad we gotta call in the YouTubers. Unbelievable. Oh Hey, just fingers crossed, fingers crossed. This is my final note as we get ready to wrap up. I'm like a Baptist preacher. We've wrapped up eight times now, right? And I gotta I gotta keep an eye on the chat here too. We'll come back to the chat, I promise, guys. I'm gonna go ahead and mark it so I don't lose my place. Um One of the things that was tweeted out today was Musgrave lined up out wide and they put Watson in the slot. And this gets me excited. This gets me really excited. I'm going to share the screen here. And this is a janky little setup, but we're going to do it anyway. Just just to have a little fun here. We're going to do a little a little ghetto style chalk talk here. All right. Here we go. Y'all see the screen, right? Oh, I I want you to imagine this. okay? first of all, we're on offense, right? Let's let's line us up somewhere right in here. Okay. Let's get these guys in here. Offensive line. Okay. One, it looks like the left tackle's drunk. That's okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, all right. Yeah. Let's go a sidecar. Let's go a little, a little wide off, right? And let's say that's Tucker Kraft. Okay. We're going to put Luke Musgrave out wide. Let's say Watson's over here in the slot and you got Dobbs <laughs> over here. So we've actually got a 12 look, right? Now the defense has got to make a decision. Who are they going to put out here on Musgrave? Flexed out, right? Who's that gonna be? Let's go red here and make it stand out a little bit more. Who's gonna be out there on a musgrave? That's gonna be the question. Is it gonna be a backer? Is it gonna be a safety? Are they gonna bring in an extra corner? If they bring in an extra corner, then you know what we do? We run the freaking football, right? We run it down their throat. But here's what's cool. When you look and you and you think about our boy Christian Watson right here in the slot, they said they ran Um, And here's the thing. The tweet basically said they both ran crosser routes. So it could have been that they were lined up on the same side of the field. I took it as they were opposite side of the field. You had Christian Watson in the slot running a deep crosser, right? And you got Luke Musgrave running a deep crosser, okay? If you're in a single high look on defense and you're this safety, you've got to pick your poison. You've got to say, am I running with Christian Watson or am I running with Luke Musgrave? And both of these guys are blazing, Freaking fast, right? Now let's say that they are playing a zone defense, and that could have been the case. What's going to happen then if they're playing zone and you've got a, another concept? Let's say that that you're just going to run a dig route right here with this tight end, right? And let's say you run a little a little leak on this side, right? What is Dobbs running? Maybe he's running a hitch. Okay, so if you're playing zone and you've got these defenders have to cover deep, right? Then you hammer this thing right here, right? If you're playing zone and, and the safeties are dropping back, right, everybody's playing deep, then you can hammer this dig right here, right? And, of course, you got your safety valve down here in, in the halfback. But the main thing that stands out to me right there is if they are in man coverage, which there are a lot of teams that like to play man coverage, this poor safety right here, this poor bastard, what's he going to do? Who's he going to pick? Because all it takes if you're in man coverage and you're in a single high look this guy bends down on this, right? Whatever underneath it doesn't even matter. The corner is trying to run with Musgrave on this side of the field. He's not going to be able to keep up. The corner's trying to run with Christian Watson and man He's not going to be able to keep up. It's going to literally be that same look we've seen with the Cincinnati Bengals game, guys, where Jordan Love just simply dropped back. And what did he do? His eyes were right here. He's reading that safety. And the safety went with Watson on that play, and he hit Dobbs. In this case, it may even be a linebacker in man coverage on Luke Musgrave. And, again, if they go with a heavy corner, if they go with a a nickel look against our 12 personnel, then what are we going to do? We're going to come right back around, and we're going to hand this ball off and ram it down their freaking throat. Right? That, that stuff, that type of matchup gets me excited when it comes to Luke Musgrave because those are the things you're going to be able to do. We talked about it. We literally talked about it last night on the pod. Because, Jacob, you asked the question, right? You said, what what does that do personnel-wise, right? The defense has got to make a decision. If they're coming out in that 12 look, they've got to either treat Musgrave like a tight end or they've got to treat him like a wide receiver. And if they treat him like a wide receiver, then run the freaking ball down their throat because they got the extra DB in. If they're treating him like a tight end, turn his butt loose on that linebacker. I imagine that if we put them in that type of situation, it's going to take one play for Musgrave before the league is put on notice that okay, we've got to treat him like a receiver. And they might the the simple answer might be keep the linebacker in, but play zone defense. And when you start playing zone coverage, now everything underneath kind of comes open, right? You can really stress you can really stress the defense underneath with different passing concepts. So um, I don't know, man. I geek out over that stuff. I get really, really excited when we talk about the potential matchups. The main thing, Musgrave's got to stay healthy, and he's got to establish himself as a legit threat before these defenses really start to uh, to give him the respect that I think, he, I think he's going to earn. So what do you guys think about that as far as um, Musgrave lined up
2: out wide? Do you, you like the idea of it, Jacob? I mean, I love it. Like I talked about, as a fantasy aspect, This guy just keeps getting more and more of a glaring. And and what's so weird is as a tight end, he falls to the very back end of the draft. Just pick him with the last pick. Romeo Dobbs, pick Jane Reed, and pick either uh, Musgrave as your last pick of the draft. And I guarantee you, those guys are going to perform for you. As a, is it just a regular Packer fan? I just, I I can't help but see Josiah DeGuara is going to be the H back, more of a fullback role. It seems like, And, and they don't trust Tucker Kraft enough right now to do more of any uh, much of anything. So I think Musgrave is glaringly the obvious, obvious. And I saw another guy making some, uh, some field breakdowns where it was during the Cincinnati game. There was a couple plays where he ran like kind of an outside. uh, I don't, it wasn't a seam route. It was more on the boundary where he kind of did a double step and then took, I don't remember who it was, was Mike Hilton or one of the new guys that they were excited about, but he burned him tight end off the line. uh, Cornerback had a good like five yard cushion where he could run with him. And he still just turned up field and he burned him. He, the ball, nobody even looked at him. Whoever the quarterback was, didn't even see him. But he had, after he made his break and started up field within three or four strides, he had a good yard and a half of separation on him. And this was a full on quarterback trying to cover a six, six or whatever he is tight end. And he would have just, that breakaway speed is unreal. I'm just – I can't wait to see it in the in the real game. Definitely.
3: Tim, any parting thoughts, buddy? It can be about that or anything else, man.
0: Uh, well, if we're going to stay on that, I, I would agree. I'd love to see Musgrave out there wide. And <laughs> to your point, can you imagine being that safety back there? You want to get run by or you want to get run over? It's How about like- this? <laughs> How about this?
2: Season uh, opening at Chicago – they're all talking about oh, my, the, the the Bears have such great linebackers. You know, I don't even remember their stupid names. They're so expensive. I, and then all of a sudden, Musgrave gets split out wide, and then maybe like Jaden Reed does some weird like you know motion back and forth, and we get to see them. All of a sudden, they split the defense. Now they're trying to hang with them. And imagine just oh, I can't, I can't. And then at the same time, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, where are they? What are they doing? You don't even know. Yeah, and it's just um, uh, the the chess match that I'm seeing now is just. He,
3: here's here's another layer to the chess match. Imagine Luke Musgrave. Now let's let's kind of flip that. Musgrave is lined up on the left side, right on the boundary. Okay, imagine he's out there. You're looking at an isolation play out there, right, with with him. And let's say they roll the covers a little bit. Let's say the safety stays back and he's helping over the top, right. You can have an overload on the right side and have him as a boundary X isolation play on the left and on the right side have a little RPO game. Literally have a run play called, a run RPO called, right, a a quick bubble, and if they cheat to the box covering the run, right, and they're showing a safety over top of Musgrave, fire a quick RPO bubble out to that flat, and you've got a hat count there. There's a number of things that, that come into play, and it's what gets you so excited because of what Matt LaFleur said. Matt LaFleur, what did he say? He said, Jordan Love has complete command of this offense, like, we're not going into this year going, yeah, but we can't call that because of Jordan, or we got to hold that out because Jordan can't do that. He said he has full capability of running this entire playbook. It could get could get really interesting, guys, really interesting. Yep. All right, let's get out of here. We're right. over on time. Surprise, surprise, right?
0: <laughs> Shocking. I <wanna> <laughs> I
3: wanna th- Eric, I want to I want to share that chat on the screen so bad, but I can't, man. I appreciate it, though. I appreciate the enthusiasm. <laughs> the defensive backs can't cover dog food. I like it. <laughs> I love it. It's true. He said, Murph, everybody, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, Tim, thanks for swinging by, man. It was it was awesome uh, having you in the chat with us. Again, I want to give a special shout-out to all of the members on the channel. Um, again, it, it, it's going to come a time where there's going to be too many to mention, but the new members, C.L. Freeman – uh, Dan Kott, United Bates, Jerry A, Chad Ink, James Jackson, Roger Davis, Eric Sutherland, the Chiefs head Murph. You guys are awesome, man. Um, really appreciate y'all supporting us. And like I said, if you want to become a member, you know how to do that on the channel. Um, you know, it's a, There's a, a an easy way just to become a member. I'm not going to sit here and walk you guys through it. If you do it, great. If not, no big deal. Like I said, I just want to make sure that the people who have, please understand how much we appreciate that and all the super chats and everything else you guys have done to... Uh, to help us out. Also, I'm going to put this on the screen here in the upper right, PackerNet Podcast. The uh, the QR code, you can uh, scan that with your phone. That'll send you directly to PackerNet Podcast. If you like to listen to podcasts on the go, that's our network, uh, Ryan Schlipp's network, where you can find this podcast and many other great podcasts, including Jacob's um, PackerNet Fantasy Podcast. So make sure you check that out. And, uh, and show those guys some love. Like I said, good good content there. So we're out of here. Jacob, thank you for your time. Tim, thank you so much for the camp updates. We appreciate the videos you sent. Man, that was a lot of fun being able to watch those videos for sure. So we're out of here. Thank you all for hanging out. Uh, for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the
1: world. And Go Pack Up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play on our – our offense.
0: Come tackle. Take the defensive end if he's over, if he's not, you drive down the
1: first man to inside. You pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one goes. you right by them and feel
2: inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's
1: inside. the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. you look at this play, we we'll are trying to get him to see him here. I'm gonna see you here and try to run this place in the alley.